You know, when it comes to wireless carriers, sometimes what you see isn't always what you get. Except with Visible. With Visible, what you see is exactly what you get. If you haven't heard of Visible, well, now you have. They're the wireless carrier that's making wireless visible. It's in the name. With Visible, there are no hidden fees, no fine print, no hassle, nothing to hide. It's just $25 a month, all taxes and fees included. And you don't need more than one line of wireless to save. You can save on a line all to yourself with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. And again, just $25 a month. The future of wireless is here and it is transparent. If you want more transparency in your wireless plan, you want to be on the Visible plan. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. That's Visible.com. Monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. This episode of GameScoop is sponsored by Squarespace. If you're looking for a way to make your business stand out and succeed online, Squarespace is the all-in-one website platform for you. They take the stress out of creating an awesome website, engaging with your audience, and selling anything from products to content to time so you're able to focus on, you know, everything else. In other words, you'll have more time for gaming. With the new guided design system, you can choose from curated layouts and styling options to build a unique online presence from the ground up, optimized for every device. And with Squarespace's integrated, optimized SEO tools, you'll show up more often to more people. Squarespace doesn't just make things easier for you. Checkout for your customers is made seamless with simple but powerful payment tools that allow you to accept credit cards, PayPal, and Apple Pay, and in eligible countries, offer the option to buy now and pay later with Afterpay and Clearpay. So whether you're just starting out or looking to expand your existing brand, be sure to visit squarespace.com for a free trial, and when you're ready to launch, go to squarespace.com gamescoop to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. That's squarespace.com gamescoop for 10% off. What's up, everybody? Welcome to IGN Gamescoop. I'm your host, Damon Hadfield. This is Greg Miller. Hey! That's Colin Moriarty. Hello. And that's Steve Butts. Hello. You may have heard yesterday there was some controversy when Deep Silver announced the, uh, the zombie bait edition of Dead Island Riptide that comes with a, uh, a woman's torso, minus the head, minus the... A model. A model of a woman's torso, let's be clear. Not an actual woman's torso. A model. (laughs) It's a foot tall. Something like that. Right. Uh, No head, no arms, no legs. She's wearing a bikini. She's very well endowed. That would cause some controversy. Now, it's, yeah, I was I was playing SimCityO yesterday, so uh-huh. I caught up at the end of the day. It's the UK version yes. of this. Yeah, yeah. So okay. this okay. is just in the UK. Okay. Um, yeah. So I, I I didn't want to get into the discussion of whether or not that is offensive because that's down to personal taste. What I think is curious is that the that is just for the UK. Right. The U the US version of the collector's edition, whatever it's called, it's not called the zombie bait edition. It comes with this innocuous little hula zombie girl. Oh. She's like this tall. I was hoping you'd open the box, there's arms and a head. You're like, what the hell is all this? And you get a buddy in the UK exactly. and you can get your pieces st- together. They started yeah. a Dead Island like, fan club. I like like that. When I joined the Burger King's Kids Club, yeah. I had a pen pal. Yeah? And what, was the... what did you talk about, Whoppers? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you have like a pen pal stuck somewhere else in the yeah, country? another Burger King's uh, Kids Club member. I think he's in Wyoming or something. It they was just, really weird, yeah. They pair you up? Yeah. How we, many times did you guys write to each other? Three times, maybe. Yeah. Did, you play, did he play Master System or something? Is that, no, he didn't play. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't to talk know about. he played games. He sent me, his parents like, you know, took a photo of him on Christmas once and put it in and sent it. And he was like in a Davy Crockett thing. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> kids in Wyoming are stupid. You still get, you still get Christmas cards from him every year. <laughs> He's the godfather to Bertillo. <laughs> Wyoming, of course, the capital uh, in uh, Jericho. So. Oh, yeah, we that's have a good point. That's a good point. Gotta show some respect. So the collector's edition contains different things in right. different territories. Right. 
Why is that? We're seeing that also with uh, Injustice, God's Among Us. Uh, the release date was recent. It was just announced yesterday. What is that? April something? Remember the date? I was playing some city. Anyway, th that collector's edition uh, comes with a, a statue of Batman and woman. Batman and woman! My favorite hero, woman. The very popular DC Comics character, woman. It wouldn't, be, it wouldn't surprise me if DC named a character that. Well, they're lame characters. Right, let's not go that. Let's not go down this road, all right? You're, you're not just trying to get under my skin. Batman and Wonder Woman. There you go. Uh, but the two statues are different in both territories. They're in different poses. In the U.S. one, uh, Wonder Woman clearly has the upper hand in their bite, in their in their battle. They're fighting. About to hit him with like it looks like part of the Batwing or something, some kind of piece of metal. Yeah, she has oh, her. It's actually, it's Superman's ship that he came to Earth in. I think. Oh, yeah. Is it really? Yeah, I what? think it's Kal. I actually, you know what? I think yeah. I read the. You're right about this. I read the description. Let me see. The, can I look at my mm. look up close? Okay. That, that has, looks like a ship. Yeah. She in has their world. her magic rope around his neck. It's magic, magic lasso. lasso. <laughs> the magic rope. Now, I don't know who this character woman is with her magic woman rope. Woman in her magic rope, like the worst knockoff you've ever seen. Right. Like, like you, when you go to like this local supermarket and they have those terrible toys packaged right, there. Woman, right. magic rope. <laughs> and the statue that in the UK, uh, Batman has the upper hand. He's like choking Wonder Woman. Yeah. Here and uh, he's throttling her basically. It's a, it's a little bit more like violent. Uh, Woman, I think that's like was some sort of sexual politics yeah, going exactly, on here. Yeah. You think? Yeah. Was there any statement released about this? Why there's no. different ones? No. Okay. But in our article about it, all of the comments from our U.S. readers are like, "I would rather have the U.K. statue. It's yeah, cooler." Yeah, totally. Why does this happen? Why the games are the same right. in, across territories? Why yeah. do the why are the contents of the collector's editions different? In terms of injustice, gods among us, I would imagine they are playing to the audience they have. That comic book collectors buy two versions of the comics, ones to open. They, you have all these yeah. different covers. They will buy every issue of that thing. So you release two versions of it. You sell the game twice, maybe. If you're in the to. United States and you buy this version, you're like, oh, that statue's cooler. There's a ch there's probably a good chance if you're a big enough DC Comics fan that you're gonna go to eBay and try to buy it. Look at Goldfarb, how addicted to Bioshock he is. Anything Bioshock, he'll go on eBay and try to buy or stuff. That I mean, that's the market they have. That's the culture comic books have made around DC Comics and stuff like that. But uh, if they're going on to eBay to buy it, Warner Brothers isn't getting good point that money. But you're still getting a market to buy that. So Damon Hatfield over the the English version of Damon Hatfield, Governor Hatfield, he doesn't care about DC Comics, but he knows there's a market and he wants to earn a quick pound, as they say. <laughs> <A shilling. laughs> so he, he goes to the local L GameStop, whatever they call him over there. L GameStop in London. <laughs> yes, old GameStop. Right? He buys it and then he gets on eBay and sells it. Warner Brothers still makes the sale. I think, Governor I think David this is a stretch. I think this is a stretch. Yeah, I think you're looking too far ahead. Yeah. Like, I think what it is basically is that you have two separate marketing teams that don't mm -hmm. talk to each other, right? You have mm -hmm. a U.S. marketing team that decides what's going to work in our market, and they make something, and a U.K. team decides exactly the same thing over there, right? Now, I do think there is sort of like a, a sensitivity issue. Like the Dead mm -hmm. Island thing is great. I don't think they would have tried that in the U.S. Right. I don't think they would have tried to sell that here. So that's sort of a suitability for, I guess, the gaming audience that you have. Are they still selling it in the UK? I saw they issued an apology. They said they were considering it. Okay. They're gathering yeah, feedback. They said they deeply regret the choice yeah. of making it, but they didn't say they were like yeah, canceling yeah, yeah. the... Right. They already made them, so they got to sell them now. Exactly, I mean, that's the like, thing. They have to right. be in production. It's going to be like ET cartridges in yeah. the Arizona desert if they don't do it. Mm. Uh, no, I think, I, think, I think Steve's right in the sense that, I mean, Greg and I know better than anyone maybe because we, we, we cover Sony so exclusively. That the, the, like, Sony PR... And marketing and all those guys in Europe do not talk to the people in America. And there's different release dates, and some games don't even come out here, and some games come out there like far ahead of time. And 
there are different covers on games, and there's like all sorts of different stuff going on. You know, um, White Knight Chronicles 2 is a great example of a game that came out like way, way, way before it came out in America, came out in Europe. Uh, Resistance 3 had different covers and different marketing. It was much more heavily marketed in, in Europe than it was here. So, uh, PlayStation All-Stars had a bunch of TV commercials running in Europe and Russia that were not run here, um, that were like much cooler than what we got here. So I think there's just a bunch of of miscommunication or not communication, you know, no right. communication between the marketing and, and I the forget stuff. what it was too. There was a, a game that came, it happens all the time, but we see different covers for different games, you know mm -hmm. what I mean, as far as like what the European one's going to be to this. And there was some Sony exclusive recently where we were all like, oh man, the you know, UK cover is way better than our cover. Well, there was that issue with the first Dead Island, right? Where the cover had to be changed. Oh, right, right, right. Because it had, had a hanging guy. guy. Yeah. And I love that logo. Yeah. That logo yeah. was so great. It's a cool logo. Yeah, but the ERCB said that's against <laughs> our standards to market using that kind of imagery, right? Mm -hmm. But what's interesting is like you even have different pre-orders within the same territory. It's like you want to go buy Aliens Colonial Marines and like you get something different at Best Buy, then you get at Walmart, then you get on Steam, then you get if you mm -hmm. know you buy yeah. at Target or it whatever. Gets, yeah. And I guess that's sort of the retailers' urge to get the pre-orders sort of uh, in their own till, right? So like Target's got a really great pre-order, they know that that sale's not going to go to GameStop, even though it's being sold in the same country. Yeah, that's not good for the the consumers, though. I don't think, or it's not the ideal situation, right? Because like, they're you're getting uh, a certain exclusive from one retailer, and then you're missing out on the exclusives. From right, the but you retailer. don't get this multiplayer skin or this yeah. comic book or whatever it is. Yeah, I like it. <laughs> Why? I think it's cool. I think it's a cool idea to incentivize people, yeah. and that that stuff always becomes available later on. It's like the whole Batman thing. Like when when Arkham City came out, right? There were all these different skins, the Beyond skin and the Dark Knight skin that you could get from right. the get-go right. if you had the pre-order code or whatever. And eventually you unlocked them in the game and then eventually you could buy the exclusive ones. But then again, there was a whole market of buying them from, you know, eBay or whatever. Yeah. Well, I, like, I mean, as a, as a, I think it's cool to yeah. be like, you know, Best Buy needs a reason for you to go to Best Buy. So they're like, hey, you know what? And a year later when pre-order buzz isn't relevant anymore, they put it up on PSN or Xbox Live mm. or you buy it in the collector's edition. Or not the collector's edition, but like game of the year edition sure. or whatever. I, don't, I just miss the days when you, and everyone bought a game and everyone had the same thing, the same product. You're like, that guy shouldn't have a red coat multiplayer skin because right? I don't I have don't one. I don't have that. That's I have a gold one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's democratic. That's probably an American point of view. Yeah. In England, where they have a rigid class system, maybe they don't care about that so much. Maybe they're more accepting. Like, they're more accepting of that bloody torso, because everywhere you go in Europe, it's like statues of naked ladies. It's a normal thing, right? Yeah, the statues of bloody... You were just there, right? Bloody naked ladies everywhere you turn, I right? think it even said, the original press release said it was like a Dead Island's take on a famous uh, statue. A famous, oh, was like, it supposed to be like the Venus, Venus de Milo or whatever? Yeah, okay, yeah. I didn't get that. Yeah, I mean... She's not wearing like a Union Jack bikini with like blood all over her, <laughs> though, so it's sure. a little... Dead Island Riptide is also doing the... Uh, uh, obnoxious current trend where there is no regular edition of the game. The standard, like right. the $50 edition, the one that's created in mass quantities, is called the, it's either the collector's edition or the special edition. That's what they did for PS3, uh, yeah. for, for sure, on last and there's like, too, what, yeah. so, what, What's special about it? Exactly. Like, there's that's nothing what, special about it. That's what I'm saying, it's obnoxious. <laughs> It's totally. the edition. <laughs> I know, it is. It's, it's like woman, right? Yeah. There's no Wonder Woman, it's just regular woman. Regular old woman. Um, now, with, so, with the Dead Island, uh, you know, the Zombie Bait edition, we acknowledge that there's probably, they were aware of some cultural sensitivities, like, you, there's a reason why they didn't bring that to the U.S., sure. right? Do you think there's something like that happening here with this, the two Injustice statues? Does the one that's being released in the U.K. where he's choking Wonder Woman, does that look like, would that be remind people of violence against women? Like, is that the reason why that's not being released? I guess, but I'm kind of confused by that mentality in the sense that, in my opinion, Western Europe seems to be much more rigid about what they're showing in games, what they're showing in movies and violence. They're much more, much more of a nanny statism going on over there than it is in the United States. I would think that would be the other way around. 
there's cultural sensitivities on both sides of the Atlantic, obviously, but sure. to me it seems like if we were going to have the more blatant violence and, the, and all that kind of stuff, that that would actually make more sense in the United States mm -hmm. than in countries where the government actually gets involved in regulating those kinds well, of things. Well, the Dead Island is an, is an interesting mix of violence and sexuality all in one, which is... One-stop shop, right? I know, right? Yes. Everything you need mm -hmm. right there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, I, that, that's my take on that is that um, I really think that it has nothing to do with cultural sensitivities. Probably it has to do with the marketing teams and who's doing what or whatever. Deep Silver, for instance, um, you know, has their own North American branch and their own North American people taking care of their game launches that might not even come out on the same day. But it's interesting, though, that like these two things, if, if we go on the supposition that they just don't talk to each other and they just happen to be different for arbitrary reasons, like it's Batman and Wonder Woman in each statue, right? Like, that's interesting. Yeah. Do you think that's coincidental? No, I don't. I, don't. I, I mean, I, I don't. It's like in the age of the internet, you know. Well, this is, yeah. We, See, this is another thing I wanted to bring up. Yeah, well. Well, well like, in the case of, the, of Dead Island, in the year 2013, how could they not think that this would be a problem, even if they're just releasing it in the UK? Sure. You know, the world is getting smaller and smaller. Mm -hmm. uh, at least it feels that way. And like, it's like we're not get, like people are still going to hear about it, or they're right. still not going to be They'll upset never about know. it. It's like if if people think this is like uh, uh, tasteless, right. they're going to be upset about it, whether it's being sold in their country or not. Well, the cynical part of me when I first saw this was like, oh, they know it's tacky and they're doing it so people will talk about it. I mean, we're doing a game scoop about it, right? Sure. We sure. wrote editorials about it. Like we the, walked right into their trap. Exactly, right? Like, it's, it trended very high on Twitter yesterday, oh, sure. right? And that's amazing publicity for them. But I imagine with the negative attention that it got that it wasn't a calculated move on their part to push people's buttons and be provocative and hope for that kind of backlash. Um, but at the end of the day, it worked out for them in terms of raising the visibility of their game, right? Yeah, and I wonder, I mean, the, the one thing I... I think about with this now is, will this affect the bottom line for that game? And I really don't think it will. At the end of the day, I'm not sure. That, I'm not sure that it's yeah. you know for, for Dead Island two or whatever in particular. Like I just don't. I'm not sure that game's going to do gangbusters anyway. It did well enough to warrant, the first one did well enough to warrant a sequel, of course. But um, I'm I'm most interested to see the bottom line now with like with somebody's going to eat forty thousand dollars worth of bloody torsos. Yeah, yeah like yeah. well, like, I, yeah. I bet they still release the torso, and yeah. I bet they benefit from it. Any publicity is good publicity. You know what I mean? Like people are going to. It's like we we, we uh, last GDC. I went to that talk from Edars, Eric Brudvig. And it was all about review scores, and then right. even a bad, even if you give a game a terrible review score, that sticks. It can still in, the name boost sticks. Sales exactly because it increases awareness of your game. Yeah. Six months from now, they may not remember the bad review, but they'll remember, remember the, game. the name exactly. Exactly. When, when and pre-orders aren't about sales; they're about pre-orders, right? I mean, it's about getting that money in the till before the mm -hmm. game is released. Because then the person is more likely just to spend the extra 20 or 30 bucks to buy the game anyway. I mean, and they're not going to wait to find out from Colin whether the game is right. crappy or not. And look at it from this perspective, right? From That people are talking about the game, which keeps, it's a self-perpetuating cycle, right. right? If you come, it was a popular story on IGN yesterday about Dead Island Riptides, so that you're clicking on those stories. And then over in the most commented on stories, Dead Island Riptides rising. So people are, more people are clicking on it. They're going there and they're watching videos, which then starts to raise it up on our most popular games list over here. You know what I mean? It's getting it out to people who aren't even clicking on the story now are seeing another linkage. Well, and people say in the comments, like, this is disgusting, I will never buy this game. But we know from, like, the Call of Duty, like, uh, <laughs> you know, people get these big sort of crusades going on the Internet where we're not going to buy this game or whatever. And you know 90% of those people go out and buy it on day one anyway, right? Yeah, yeah I mean, the only way people, uh, that's what we always say, like, even with the pre-order thing where like people kind of get upset about having different pre-orders like you guys are talking about at different retailers, like the only way a company is going to really care about you being mad about that is if they feel it in their wallet. And as, long as, and as long as they don't feel any pain in their wallet, same thing with Deep Silver, this won't be the ba last bad mistake they make. 
if they make a ton of money. You know this what I mean? Like, like, you know, like, <laughs> this is that's all feeling. they care about. Breaking like, news. In, in, a, in a situation <laughs> like this, where people are offended by, by, this, by the torso, by torso gate, uh, doesn't, doesn't the market take care of it, right? So like, if it sells a lot of copies, then those people who are offended, like, they should probably be more worried about society and why society is so interested in this <laughs> right. and why they want to buy this. And if it doesn't sell a lot of copies, then like you say, like, they won't make it again. They, they either lose money right. or they won't make it, you know, it won't happen again. I just think the market takes care of that. The market stuff. takes care of everything right? if you let it. And at least in my opinion, I know not everyone agrees with that, but um, yeah, I mean, the market will speak loud and clear on whether this game is going to be a success or not. I, I mean, I think that we kind of lose sight. It's the same thing with like, you know, Mass Effect 3's ending or other, you know, things that people get really worked up about. Like, I think we kind of lose sight at the end of the day that we kind of work in this ecosystem where, you know, people um, are opinionated and loud and we kind of get worked up about things and we talk to all the same people and the same people. But at the end of the day, a dude that walks into Target and is like, oh, Dead Island Riptide, what is this game? And he picks it up off the shelf and he buys it, has no idea that this even happened. Mm -hmm. And I bet you the majority of people that buy that game will have no clue that, th that this happened. You know, just like a majority of people that bought Mass Effect 3 six months after it came out, I had no idea that there was a hullabaloo over the ending. Um, so I think that we have to kind of give credence to that too, that we're kind of caught in this echo chamber in a sense, for good or for bad, where we lose sight of the fact that this is still going to be a retail game on a shelf where a mom or a, a grandparent or a, a guy in college or whoever is going to see this game and buy it or not, depending on the cover art and not on this whole, mm -hmm. this whole you know, this, this travesty. The hullabaloo. Yeah, the hullabaloo. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the controversy could have the effect where that torso will be actually a very valuable collector's item. No doubt about it. It's going to be like yeah. Tenjin Tetris. Yeah, that's a good one. My personal feeling on the torso is uh, I think it's really dumb, and I would never buy that. I would never, obviously, have that in my house. But I'm kind of glad it exists because I think crazy things like that make life more interesting. And if you like went through and you know, banned every sort of offensive item like that, life just wouldn't be as fun, I don't think. Yeah, I mean, at, on an individual level, I agree. I feel it's completely tacky, and yeah. it's a stupid move. Who, I, keep, I kept looking at it going, who would buy this? <laughs> exactly. Who would display this Actually, in their house? no, but to be fair, there are people in this office that you know would buy that thing, right, and have it on display. Really? I mean, yeah, in their living room, probably. Too. Who? Who would do it in know. this office? Yeah. Buy the coffee machine? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly right. That's exactly right. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm kind of in the same boat where I'm like, I think that, I mean, honestly, I think that there, there's a, there's a bit of an overreaction to almost everything on the internet, so you kind of have to take everything with a grain of that's, salt. That's our job. Yeah, uh, yeah. Don't give well, that that's away. The, that's right? not our job. That's the internet's <laughs> job is to get mad about everything. But uh, yeah, I, I don't. I'm in, I'm in the same sense that I'm like, this is kind of. This is a. I look at it. And my first thought was like, this is this is strange. This is a strange <laughs> thing. My first my first thought was not about it about the objectification stuff or the fact that it's offensive. Like I, that stuff didn't come into my mind at all until I started reading more about it or whatever. Because I was like, like I've said before, everything offends someone, and so. Um, we shouldn't let something being off be offensive nonetheless uh, make it so it doesn't exist at all. Like I said, if you think that's offensive, that's totally fine with me. Speak with your money because yeah. that is the only way anyone will get the point. And if you yeah. don't speak with your money, if you just post on Twitter about it or you know, get angry in comments about it, it will change nothing. But again, I mean, we talked about this today, public opinion is a force in the market, right? Like it's not just about dollars, it's about what your company looks like. Sure, but that lead, I yeah, think that leads, one thing leads to the other. It does yeah, have an economic yeah. effect, yeah, right. One thing leads to another. Good song. That's really good. That's all I can sing before we have to pay him. <laughs> <laughs>
What's up, everybody? Welcome to IGN GameScoop. I'm your host, Damon Hatfield. This is Greg Miller, hey. Justin Davis, Brian Altano. Rap, rap. Today, we're talking about uh, some comments made recently by Ben Cousins. Ben is founder of Njimoko Sweden, former general manager at Electronic Arts. Okay. He has some ideas, some theories about uh, where the console market is going, and he does not paint a rosy picture. He uh, is afraid that the big three console makers, Microsoft, Sony, and Nintendo, will suffer from something called Innovator's Dilemma, which is where even if these, the heads of these companies may realize what they have to do to compete with emerging uh, markets like mobile, social, and free-to-play, even if they realize what they have to do to compete with them, those organizations will be physically unable to change course because they're, they're built around totally different ideas. Basically the opposite ideas of, you know, if we, if we uh, define these emerging markets as games made by smaller teams with more modest budgets, mm -hmm. uh, smaller in scope, meant to be played in short bursts while you're, you know, waiting, yeah. while you're in transit somewhere, that is not the no. type of model that Microsoft, Sony, and Nintendo have. So even if they realize that they need what they need to do, his theory is that they will physically be unable to change course and one or more of them in the next few years, you know, may be totally out of the game entirely. So the console market's being disrupted. <laughs> exactly. This is what oh, got <laughs> disruption is the, is the term, is the actual marketing term yeah. uh, that we're using here. Uh, I think the way that they describe it is uh, where something comes into market which is worse, but it's cheaper and more convenient, so everyone sort of like drops down to that. I don't know if I agree with anything now, worse. <laughs> well, I, I know, I know. Worse is in close. Sure. Um, sure. Now, Let's, uh, you know, Ben here works for a mobile company, so we have to admit yeah, that's that true. it's in his best interest for his uh, theory to, to come true. But I think he poses, you know, an interesting uh, question. And I think we, you know, you can see the effects of these market changes happening right now with THQ, right? Like, right. They, make, yeah. they make good games, good <clears throat> games that we would consider to be successful. For a long time, for what, you know, 20 plus 20 years? Saints Row the Third sold well. Darksiders 2 sold well right out the gate. It was the best-selling game of the month. Uh, mm -hmm. That was released. It wasn't enough. Last year. That's not enough. It's not enough to sell millions of copies of your game. We saw that time and time but again. But THQ with shot themselves in the foot with the whole U-Drop, you know, gamble. Sure, and sure, to sure. Yeah, but it's like a bunch of dumb licensed games and thinking that was going to make money. That's the true. model is definitely changing. This is something we talk about at IGN all yeah. the time. Specifically with the consoles, we always talk about the fact that right now it seems like there's either the independent game over here that gets released on the PlayStation Network, Xbox yeah. Live, or the AAA Assassin's Creed blockbuster in that middle ground, which is where THQ made its money, yes. is falling out. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, there's never going to be a console that looks like what the current generation of consoles look like. I mean, they're going to be very, very different. They're going to look a lot more like PCs. You know, they're going to be a lot more wide open like well, PCs yeah. and like tablets and We definitely talk about it all the time that, right, we are moving towards somewhere uh, along... I mean, like, what he's saying, I don't think it's like... I think that in place... You know, I cover PlayStation, so that's what my... You know, I know the most about. PlayStation has been building its uh, brand for a while now in a way that they know they're not going to make hardware forever, and when that happens, there will just be PlayStation, and you will be playing PlayStation games on whatever device you have. That's the whole reason. That's really? the whole. That's the whole reason Sony continues to buy studios. They buy Naughty Dog. They buy all these guys to make exclusive games for them, so that when this finally happens, and Sony's like, "We're done making PlayStation, <coughs> but you can still find PlayStation games wherever they have all these <coughs> studios that are making games." Santa Monica. Sony Santa Monica is a great example of it. You're talking about. Uh, he's talking about you know these more bite-sized games, these littler things. Sony Santa Monica is that incubator, right? Where you're seeing the games like 
uh, downloadable things like Datura coming out of them. They're, they're the ones keeping their ear to the ground, trying to find people, giving the people who made Unfinished Swan, Giant Sparrow, space to work. Like, all right, come here and make your game here. They're totally incubating this livelihood that isn't the AAA blockbuster. Yeah, I mean, I think, so people get really upset, like when you say, oh, there won't be PlayStation consoles forever, and people suggest that about Nintendo. You know, some people really kind of lose their minds and get really upset, and I don't really see that as such a bad thing Oh, no, at not all. at all. I mean, yeah. if, if the PlayStation 4 and the next Xbox are going to have, you know, gigantic hard drives and going to be online services where you get, you know, updates to games, there's going to be games, you know, that are low and medium and high priced, I mean, what you're describing is a PC. Yeah. Like, that's what you're already describing. So mm -hmm. what difference does it really make if you're play, like, playing it on a box that says PlayStation or a box that says Steam, or a box that says Apple, or whatever. I mean, because the software... fanboys have blind baby <coughs> console allegiance. That's why. Yeah. They don't want to... They, You make a decision, and you stick by it for six or seven years, right? Like, if I went out and I bought a PS4 this year, and it cost $700, or whatever absurd amount of money they want to charge for it, I'm going to stick by that thing. Yeah. You know? I mean, me, I'm a crazy person. I'll go out and buy every system. Yeah. I own a Vita. You know, not many people own one of those. <laughs> like, that's the example. I, mean, I even own a Vita. One of those things. But I mean, I personally, I don't care where I'm playing my new Mario Brothers games, whether they be on a 3DS, whether they, they be on a Wii U, or yeah. if it's just sort of like this nebulous box that everyone comes together like, yeah, oh, we're all making... You know, we're making games for the game barn now. <laughs> <laughs> the old game barn. Well, yeah, so like, I mean, that's got to be what the future is, right? Uh, yeah. You know, you, you just have a box and you can play all your games on there, but even like, like get rid of the box. It can just be your TV, yeah. right? Like all yeah. you need is a screen and a controller to play these it games. It already is. Like, I, get e I get emails from, you know, Chilingo publishes Cut the Rope and the original Angry Birds and a bunch of other really good games and they have apps on Samsung televisions now, sure. directly on the television. I mean, so. Apple makes their Apple TV finally yeah. and you can just stream everything to that TV, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. there needs to be a standard. Like Blu-ray, everyone thinks about Blu-ray as a Sony thing and it is a Sony thing, but it's also a standard that other companies, like, I don't remember if Toshiba was Blu-ray or HD DVD, but, like, a handful of tech companies came together to form a consortium to say, look, this is going to be the standard. We all agree to adhere to it, and there's probably going to be a standard for video games where, you know, you'll buy a box and it'll be able to play anything that comes out. You know, it'll be a one-console future, I think. Who makes that box, though? I mean, anybody will be Valve. able to make one, yeah. It, it'll be like a Blu-ray player, yeah. a DVD yeah. player. That's the thing, yeah. Like, like, I always kind of wish the game console or the game industry could be like that, yeah. where you just buy a player. Yeah. And then See, it will be like that, DVD but then on one there. company will be like, well, we're going to have this 3D thing to differentiate our box, and someone else will do like a motion control thing, and then it ends up splintering back off again, right? Yeah. Right, and, but as much as that happened this generation, when you look at you know, the PS3 and the 360, they were pretty much the exact same thing at the end of the day. Yeah. Like, we got all the crap, sure. like, we moved our, moved controllers, went in the garbage, the HD DVD add-on got moved in the garbage, nobody cared about the Kinect, really. If we shove all that shit out of the way, it's basically just... Two boxes that play the exact same games, the exception of a few uh, exclusives like and Uncharted that, and Halo. And that's the whole thing, right? I would love a future where it's just one box and you can put. There, you don't even think of exclusives anymore. It's just there are developers making games. Yes. I, oh, I really like what you know the PlayStation brand puts out. Mm -hmm. Sure, but I can play that on the same machine as I play SimCity. I can play it on the same machine as I play Gears of War. It's one thing I, I just don't have to worry about, and I can click over to. YouTube. We would be down to only one like fanboy argument. It would be which game did you buy, not which console did you buy. Exactly. Yeah. But we also, I mean, there are real problems even if we move to that model, those are closed boxes. And part of the reason that Apple's been so successful, I mean, I know the App Store is very closed off, but I mean, basically, anybody can publish whatever they want on the App Store. Mm -hmm. You want to be an app developer, it costs you 100 bucks. You can make something and release it. They take you know, a standard cut from everybody, no matter who they are, big and small. That's kind of a problem for Xbox and PlayStation that don't have that model. Like By controlling it so much more tightly, you know that every game that hits PSN or XBLA, 
Uh, yeah, I mean, sure, there's really, really bad games, but they're meeting... They work. You know, they're not yeah. like scams or anything yeah, yeah. like yeah, that. Yeah, they're not right, sketchy right. Mario right. clones. But know. the flip side is, you know, the App Store, you just, like, every single week, there's dozens and dozens of, like, really good and interesting games. And some are from Square Enix and cost 20 bucks. You know, mm-hmm. some are from someone you never heard of, and they're free or cost 99 cents. And that's, that's, you know, that's a disruption that, I forget his name, the NG Moco executive was talking about. Ben Cousins. <coughs> yeah. Cousins. That's what Mr. Cousins is talking about. And I, I believe that the next consoles have to be wide open in that way. They need to have some wide open well, app store. That, and again, this is one of the things I talked about coming out of E3, is that it's, at E3, Sony made a big production about PlayStation Mobile and they, yeah. at, during the press conference. And most of the people around me are like, I don't understand why we're talking about this. Show the last of us, show this, blah, blah. Yeah. It's like, this is them future-proofing. And that's yep. why PlayStation Mobile's out now. And it does the exact same thing. For $99, you buy the license to make us games and you send them in and then we mm-hmm. put it on our phones on Vita on all these different devices that are running PlayStation Mobile and maybe I, it's the same thing I don't you know we're talking about you know PlayStation Mobile is obviously on Sony devices yeah. when that wall falls they'll have hopefully uh-huh, worked out the kinks on how this all works and yeah. have an idea of what to do and we have I mean we do have Xbox Live indie games but mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. that launch fairly strong and then gets more and more and more hidden it's actually very very hard to find right. on the that's, that's actually the biggest issue now with all these things is the discovery of them is, yeah. is saying we have all these indie games they go toe to toe with Uncharted in terms of like they're just sheer fun and yeah they're dirt cheap but when you sign into these services it's like Halo, Uncharted, you know, blah, 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 all these big-ass games. And then, uh, that's why some people are actually kind of liking the Wii U's interface right now. And it's, it's mostly because there's nothing to promote. They're not competing with anything. But when you turn on your Wii U, it's like, hey, here's these indie games, and they're cheap, and they're just as big, these big colorful squares, just like, you know, Batman and Assassin's Creed and stuff like that. But once those become more populated, I think we're going to see the same thing. It just kind of gets shoved to the back. So. Yeah. I mean, so right now, Apple lets anything on its app store, you know, and if it doesn't work or it's a scam or whatever, then they they pull it it down. They pull it afterwards Mm -hmm. instead of, uh, you know, Sony and Microsoft, which are gatekeepers that, you know, let things on their platforms. And I think that's one thing that the console makers have to do to, you know, to keep up with sort of these bite-sized gaming experiences. Um, They they have to have infrastructure for payments and free-to-play games. Um, Some of that, like, DC Universe does that on PlayStation. But they need to be, you know, these are, they feel sort of hacky and they don't feel like baked into the experience like they do, you know, on mobile devices right now. So I think that's something that needs to change. I mean, you gotta be sure that, you know, the next Xbox and PlayStation are gonna have Farmville on them. I mean, they have to, they have to. And it, it, but they'll still have Uncharted on right, them. Right, that's the thing. That's like, what, people are, are totally terrified at this notion, this like nebulous beast in the night that's going to come and steal all the, the console games from right. us. You know, like, and they did this back during uh, Nintendogs and Brain Age, and before that, you know, Dr. Mario and stuff like that. And, oh man, these, these little indie games are... <laughs> are people really complaining about Dr. Well, I Mario? think people were like, I would rather have a regular Mario game. And it's like, I think there's room for all of exactly. this stuff. Exactly. People think it's one or the other. It's, it's never not. been it's, that way. It's the same you know? way when uh, recently Uncharted Fight for Fortune came out on Vita. Sure. And people are like, why has Sony been working on Uncharted Vita 2? Like, they probably are. This they is are. like a two-second just... project that they helped yeah. with somebody else. And mm-hmm. the, the, I think the last piece of the puzzle is... Uh, Oh, now I lost my train of thought. Pricing is a big problem, I think, <laughs> oh, yeah. that you talk about. You talk about, like, these little experiences and making people yeah. care. Discovery is something, that's where IGN kind of filters in, right? Yeah. That we are here to say, this game's really cool, you should try it. But still, like, Unfinished Swan was 14 bucks yeah. when it first started, and nobody, not a lot of people bought it. Yeah. And this past week, it was part of the 13 for 13 <clears throat> sale, which PlayStation Plus, you got it for something right. like 250 yeah. Which I was gonna, people were like, I bought it, it's awesome. That's mm-hmm. exactly what I was going to say, is digital. Um, you know, they need to be, every single game needs to be available digital day one. You know, so if you have a PlayStation platform, or you can get 
you know, everyone hates on Angry Birds or whatever, but it's very, very popular. If you have a platform and you can get that for 99 cents and a platform where you can buy Uncharted 4, Uncharted 5 for $60, then you finally truly have a box that is good for everyone. You know, it's useful for, you know, your little cousin, your little brother. Maybe they have some ability to take those games on the go if you some sort of PlayStation sure. mobile service. So, you know, play it on your big TV, take it on your phone. You can also play Uncharted on it. You know, it's, it's all available streaming over the air. I mean, that's really, if they don't do all those things... Yeah, I mean, they're going to be disrupted in a very, very major way, and they're going to get left behind, I yeah. think. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually worried that we will get, a, get, get to a point where people go, oh, well, you know, I, I don't need a new PlayStation. I already bought a video game console this year, and they just put their phone, pull their phone out of their pockets. And that was their one big purchase, and then <clears> that's it. And then, you know, maybe these, the, the day of the set-top box will die. And, you yeah. know, I, I honestly think that um, this would have happened a lot sooner had everyone said... Sure, Sony, we'll pay 599 US dollars for a PlayStation 3. <laughs> Had that become the norm, where all of a sudden $600 consoles were like, that's regular now, I think everyone would have gone. Everyone would have splintered off. And instead, now I think if, if they announced the new next gen consoles for anything more than like $400, yeah. we're going to look at that like it's the most absurd amount of money you would ever pay for something. Even if it is the best, highest you know, PC uh, software, on, uh, hardware on the market. You, f you figure for the new consoles coming out, what they have to push is that it does so much more. Yes. And yeah. this is, and I know it's been, I mean, PlayStation 3 launched with it, and then Xbox has definitely become it. The entertainment hub yeah, of your living room. Yeah, everybody talks that, about. For, you know, for me and for everybody and else. And that's right? a big problem. But I what think, are they right? going to say, though? They're exactly. going to go, the it streams, movies. We like, have oh, that. shit. Yeah, so everything I have all does. this. Yeah. Yeah, that's I was, the I was big problem. With they have to come out and say it does something crazy. I now own more devices that stream Netflix than that, that I would never watch Netflix on. Yeah. Than I do that I would that I would you know like sure. my Wii U like I'm not yeah. gonna watch Netflix on there when I can watch it on my PS3, yeah. my 360, my laptop, my yeah. iPad, yeah, my yeah. iPhone, like yeah, yeah, yeah. my original Wii, like <laughs> everything there has Netflix now. And without a format war like we had last time of HD DVD versus Blu-ray, which mm -hmm. obviously Blu-ray won, but did they really? Because no one you know I, I'm I, now nobody cares about. Blu -ray. Yeah, nobody cares. People about that. will sacrifice <laughs> convenience for quality. Yeah. Yeah, that's absolutely. what we're seeing in the video game they industry. They will sacrifice convenience. They for will. Convenience they'll sacrifice for quality. quality for convenience. Excuse me. Mm -hmm. So, Blu-rays exist, and you know they're kind of selling, and there's kind of adoption. But streaming is even more popular, yeah. Yeah, even though it's lower want. quality. And you know people will buy you know cheapy little ninety-nine cent or free mobile games more than they'll buy sixty-dollar console games, mm -hmm. despite you know sort of the gap in quality there mm -hmm. because of the convenience factor. Yeah, there's also you know uh, the spontaneity of it of yep. sitting there and going. Shit, yeah, I'll buy this for a dollar, or yeah. I'll buy this for five bucks. Even like, I'll download retail games now that I'm just, I don't yeah. think I would walk into a store and get, or sit there and wait to get from Amazon, but I'm sitting there one day, I'm like, I really want to play this. I have $60 in credit on my console, click. Sure, convenience yeah. is a commodity that the yeah. console makers mm -hmm. haven't quite figured out yet. So I don't really know what these guys are going to do that's going to just be like, wow, this is, it changes the game, you know, like, it's not going to. It's, yeah. you're, you're going to stream movies now because we don't need physical, tangible media anymore. Which, you're, which brings us to the prediction, the doomsday prediction. Uh -oh. <laughs> yeah, you know, part of the, the, the whole idea behind, um, uh, what's it called, the, inno the innovator's dilemma is that a successful business needs to know when to abandon traditional sure. business practices. Yeah. We, uh, like, do you think the PS4 will have a Blu-ray Blu drive in it? Yeah, it will, yeah. but it shouldn't, uh, why? probably. Well, it, why? Why would I pay for that? Because, no, no, no. I mean, then now we're, start, we're starting to separate the thing. We, we always take this for granted. We get a lot of emails at GameScoop at IGN.com about how people in the middle of the country don't have the bandwidth, don't have the internet connection to download games. Sure. And that's the big thing we're at right now is this in-between of games. What's going on over there? Yeah. That sound crazy. I mean, yeah. it does sound crazy, but look, like that's not a problem for Apple. Right, like the yeah. iPad's doing all right, and it's yeah, you, know, you know you can yeah. only download apps. But then, like the, an, an, you know, an iPhone game is smaller than Uncharted Three. 
Sure. Yeah. So they say. That's the thing. Yeah. You, yeah. Can, I, you know, when Angry Bird Star Wars came out, I was running yeah. late to work, but I got it on the Muni without a problem. I just sure. downloaded it. The, the biggest games are maybe two gigabytes on the iPad. It's yeah. about as big as you'll ever see them get right And that's now. the thing. Yeah. yeah. But they're going to get bigger. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They will. I mean, we were talking about how maybe you'll be able to download little console, you know, little apps on your console and take them with you. But what's really going to happen is the reverse is going to happen, is you'll have a tablet or phone that it's also going to plug into your TV, and then that will be your console. You that's, know, we're seeing that. the other option, right? With stuff I mean, like Ouya and stuff like what Apple was the could game? do that right now. Yeah, there's, we, there's, the, we talked about the USB one. Yeah. yeah, I don't remember the name of it. Yeah. I mean, like, Apple could do that. Yep. Right? They could do that with the, the iPad. Yep. Yep. I mean, these games, the iPad runs at a higher than 1080p resolution. It's getting more and more and more powerful. And partially that comparison works because the consoles are six years old, right? So iPads now can replicate, re- replicate technology that consoles could do maybe six years ago. We're mm-hmm. at about 360 launch. So mm-hmm. when new consoles come out, yeah, you'll see that graphical disparity widen again. But these games are looking better and better and better. Um, they're ramping up so fast, yep. right? Yeah. The iPad's not that old. Mm-hmm. No, they jump console generations. When I started writing about mobile games in 2006, we were at about Super Nintendo. Yeah. That's how games look. Tornado Mania. Tornado well, that's, Mania. That, that's the weird thing to me, though. Like, we're like, oh, these old companies are all set in their ways. Meanwhile, Apple's allowed to put a new iPad out every six months that has, like, it's <coughs> even a, a better hardware every single time. People are like, I gotta buy it, I gotta buy it. But yeah. we can't, it's hard to get people to buy a console every six years. I mean, the idea of a console, you touched on something like, if those consoles are more than $400, they're in big, big trouble. Yeah. And so you're stuck in this situation where, for the technology they're going to pack into them, they almost have to be more money than that mm-hmm. to be able to compete. But then it's like, man, is this really going to last for like five or six years? Like they're really stuck in this awkward position yeah. right now with it's, this hardware. It's really tough. Like a phone, I think people justify it because a phone is something everybody has to have. Right. Yeah. Like a video game console is totally gravy like, and you know, so you're, optional. Yeah. you're yeah. making the decision to buy that instead of buying an iPad. Right, with that money. You have 500 bucks, what do you spend it on? Do you spend it on a PlayStation 4? Or do you spend it on a new tablet or, yeah. or you know, something else? Yeah. Like that's, that's, mm-hmm. that's what they're competing against now, mm-hmm. or a new computer or whatever. Sure. Um, mm-hmm. It's tough. It's, it's tough it's to be, be a console maker. It's going to be fascinating. I think this, this year, is yep. the most interesting time in video games ever. I think we're yeah. right on the edge of the biggest changes the industry has I ever seen. I love it. I'm, I'm so glad we're here good. covering it because it's like this, it's such an exciting time for me to sit this, there This has got to be the best E3 coming oh, yeah. up in, yeah. you know, not, I'm not saying that like there's going to be amazing games and the consoles are going to be awesome. Like I just, I, I oh, cannot yeah. wait to see what the consoles are. What, yeah, what, what are is it going games? to do yeah. to make you want to buy it? It yeah. can't just be graphics. You can't no. just come out and be like, look at how good Watch Dogs looks. It's, like, it, awesome, it, like, but it's I don't not, it's not graphics anymore. It can't be. It never has been. Graphics has never, have never been what's the console, and if we're just like in Watchdogs, you can see all the windows. Yeah, we're like, who yeah. gives a shit? <laughs> I can't it, give a shit. <laughs> that's true. It really is. I mean, I think about Steam as a platform. Where for me, Steam is very different than it is for most people. I use it to discover weird, strange indie yeah. stuff. Like my Steam library is 150, you know, really strange five and ten dollar indie games. Whereas other people, you know, it's a console for them. They have Tomb Raider on it or, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. They, you know, there's not very many big console games that don't hit Steam these days. And so if a console maker can really nail that experience, that shopping experience, yeah, yeah maybe. But the question still remains, why wouldn't you just, you know, they got yeah. Steam big yeah. picture yeah. mode. So just like, let Steam do it, right? Yeah. yeah. I, I, think, box. I think there's going to be a really big push or continued push on things like Xbox Live and, and uh, PlayStation Network because I think that's the closest you get to that level of discovery. Like I, I, I have PlayStation Network and, uh, or PlayStation Plus. And I'll, I'll sign in and I'll be like, hey, these games are free this week. And I'll be like, I will try those out. Or these games are discounted. I'm like, I'll try these out. Normally, I would never have touched them. But I'm like, now they're here. They're part of the service that I pay for, blah, 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 blah. And they're getting get pushed it. to you at either free or a price point exactly. that's more like, oh, sure. I'll, and what do I care it's, about $3? It's the same thing I do that Justin does on Steam. I do the same thing where I'm like, oh, Terraria. I've heard good things about this. It's $1.25 today. Yeah. I'll yeah, grab yeah. it. Even if I never play it, 
I got it, and exactly. it's, you know, it's, also, it's in front of me now. I mean, this is a separate conversation, but it is a race to the bottom with pricing. I mean, we sort of touched on, I don't know if you intended this to be a prediction game, Scoop, but I'm like, here's the things consoles have to do. I mean, I think free, this, the video game industry is going to be free or freemium. Like yeah, it, it's going to be, be. I mean, I'm not saying it's a good thing. I'm just saying they, that's yeah. what it has to be. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying it's a good thing either. Um, freemium has real problems and growing pains, and and you know a lot of people taking advantage of, uh, especially hardcore gamers, where it's like, look, if you want to play more, you have to pay more, and that's why hardcore gamers don't like it. Where you used to pay oh, yeah. sixty dollars and you could play a thousand hours, but now if you want to play a thousand hours, you're gonna have to keep you know paying up to yeah. play the game. But the flip side is, you get to choose whether you like a game or not before it asks you for any money. Yeah, it's true. Like everyone hates on Farmville and hates on Zynga, but you don't have to put a cent into Farmville until you know you like it, and then you can give it money. Whereas like Harvest Moon, for like example, a long demo. Yeah, you have mm -hmm. to make that decision in advance, and yeah. so it's not a secret how those games sort of got 100 million, 200 million, 300 million players. Um, and we see stuff like Path of Exile on PC is very, very fun. It's like Diablo. It's high quality. It's free. Planet Side Two is free. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like these are not little Zynga flash games anymore. Yeah. So it the does five one four for PlayStation exactly. right yep. now from yep. CCP. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's probably all the time we have for uh, these days. But this is really fascinating stuff. Thank you, gentlemen. Thank you. We'll continue following the next generation of video games right here at IGN. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk turned traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available.